0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Stand-Up Guys podcast, episode 180. I'm your host, Incomparable Zach Jones, and I'm joined, as always, by the ninth wonder, Chocolate Thunder, eating that stink eye and getting that pink eye, lover of the vag and the tarnished sheriff's badge, He's got two for the pink, one for the stink, tattooing the ladies with his Indian ink, the phenomenal AJ Singh.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: <laughs> uh AJ, what have you been doing this week? Anything fun? You watch anything? Do anything?
1: Um, just college basketball, mostly, uh, my team beat the number six team in the nation, Iowa state, uh, we're number two and, uh, with the Houston Cougars and, um, we lost them in the first game that we played them on the road and then this was at home. So we won. So it was just one and one, um, we're playing a big game on Saturday to Baylor on the road. Road games are hard. Um, they just came off a loss on the road to BYU. So they're going to want to win it, win that game really badly. So it's going to be a tough game. Um, I did watch a movie this week. I watched uh, No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence.
0: Oh, is that the one where she like agrees to like like date some young kid or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, she's supposed to like bang him for a car, and <laughs> you know, obviously, like things change and whatever. You know, hijinks ensue. So it was an alright uh, movie. <laughs> just alright. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was that on like Netflix or something? Yeah. I kind of remember, like, seeing a trailer for that. I was, like, surprised that uh, Jennifer Lawrence was in it, but <laughs> it did, it just didn't seem like her kind of movie because she usually does more, like, Oscar bait type of movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she got to play, like, a kind of a a grimy kind of person, like, kind of meh, you know? Like, not not usually, like, a uh, not so great person, I guess. <laughs> but, like, overall it wasn't, like, super funny or anything? No, not really. Um... Yeah, it wasn't great, man. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. I did watch, uh, oh, I also watched Neighbors with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen, yeah, yeah. And it had had uh, Dave Franco and uh, that guy from High School Musical. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: uh, Zach Efron?
1: Zach Efron, yeah.
0: I, I saw that movie too, but like years ago, so I don't remember it super well. It seems like it was okay.
1: Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't bad. It was better than uh, No Hard Feelings, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I want to um, say I even
0: see, saw the sequel to Neighbors, but yeah, I, I haven't seen
1: that one yet. I don't really I remember them that, that well. What did you think of the? What, so compared to you, don't remember them that well at all.
0: No, it's been many, many years since I've watched. I watched them. Okay. okay. It seems like yeah, I think they were similar in quality, though.
1: All right. Um, I started lifting weights this week. Oh my god! If you haven't lifted weights in a long time, it is so painful. Like <laughs> so, I lifted on Sunday. And uh, then the next day I was sore. And then today, no, then uh, Tuesday I was really sore. And then today I kind of got a little bit better. And I lifted again today because I heard you could work through the soreness as long as you give yourself 72 hours to uh, heal. And so I did again today. I'm still sore from the first time. And I imagine I'm going to be really bad tomorrow and the day after. So, and I got to go bowling on Saturday. So, like, I don't know how that's going to go.
0: It is crazy. Like, I haven't lifted weights in a long time, but I, I remember exactly what you're talking about. It's like you work out, and then for the next several days, your body is like so sore. You got like yeah. that acid buildup or whatever. And it's like, man, how does, how does, like, I don't even understand, like, why your body is designed that way. It
1: seems like a bad system. Yeah, right. I don't get it either. I even had, uh, I heard it's like acid buildup or something. Like, your body. Yeah
0: yeah exactly I think it's is it lactic acid something like I think that so yeah, uh-huh.
1: yeah. and um, I do go jogging often so I heard like so I'm walking around the house I'm like trying to like circulate the blood maybe that'll help you know I drink a lot of water so I heard all that stuff helps and I'm gonna go jogging I went jogging yesterday six miles and I'm gonna go jogging Friday six miles so tomorrow I'm off
0: man. Yeah, that's that's a lot actually. 6 miles. It like, I do, great, I do I do elliptical. Like
1: almost half of it is uphill too. So like it is uh it is a tough jog, man. Like, but it's so good for you. Like yeah. I think I burn like about 1000 calories every time I do it, more or less.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Like on the elliptical like I will usually do a half hour and like it estimates that I burn about 500 calories, which Oh, nice. no. Those things are just estimates it can change a lot just depending on your metabolism and certain things yeah. but you know but um but yeah even like um if you don't do anything really strenuous and you even like uh you know help somebody move or some something you'll, you'll feel it the next day like oh really my bad God. Yeah.
1: dude that one time you helped me move into the apartment you were the hulk man like you did the like the most like we couldn't keep up with you like i don't know what kind of shape you were in that time but i was in better shape than that i am now (laughs) okay yeah because i was like how is he doing this like i'm struggling here man like by the end of the day i was done i was just oh i was so bad i just i couldn't do it man.
0: (laughs) yeah i was in pretty good cardio shape i was in pretty good cardio shape uh, at that time
1: nice nice
0: um i didn't watch a ton of new stuff this week a, a few things uh, so on Paramount Plus, I watched the newest Mission Impossible movie, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, Part oh, One. Although, brutal, man. A, although, a nice uh, yeah, it's a long, unwieldy title, but like the movie, like I thought the movie was okay. Like I'm not like a like uber fan of the franchise, but I've watched. I, oddly enough, I think I've watched all of them except the very first one. What? It was like all the way back in the 90s or whatever. Okay, uh, maybe yeah, at some point I should watch that. And, you know, it, it's, I thought it was fun enough, but I don't think it did very well in the um, theaters. So, like, mm. even though this one's called Dead Reckoning Part 1, like, the rumor is, like, the next one probably won't be called Dead Reckoning Part 2. Like, they'll just, like, change it to something else and, like, probably eventually, like, rename this one just Dead Reckoning <laughs> instead of the oh, part okay. one. Mm-hmm. Um But, uh, I mean, it doesn't... L- leave on like a really like brutal cliffhanger or something like it definitely sets up that there's going to be more story but it's not like oh you know tom cruise just like fell off a cliff without a parachute how's he going to get out of this one you know it's not nothing like that so um i I feel like all these mission impossible movies that like even though like they have like these far out technologies and stuff there's always one or two things in these movies that make you roll your eyes a little bit be like okay that's a bit um, yeah, over the top even for you know one of these movies. But uh,
1: so Tom Cruise is still the star of these movies. He is, yeah, still doing Man, it. He's, he's going strong, dude. Like he's got to be like up there, right? Yeah, he's
0: dr- drinking that baby blood. Yeah, I don't. He's got to be. He's got to be pushing sixty by now. I would
1: think. Right? Yeah. Late maybe they all these movies before he gets really old, so they're like, just make as many as we can before he gets to seventy. <laughs>
0: I do kind of wonder about that. If that was maybe even his thing, is like, you know, I because I gotta, I gotta imagine like he wants to kind of do like some smaller roles again, but he's probably like, man, I gotta make hay while the sun's shining, so I'll I'll jam in all these, you know, you know, action movies while I'm still young
1: enough to do him. he's got to be worth like a fortune i don't know why he needs the money like i think him robert downey jr like keanu reeves i know keanu reeves like he doesn't even seem like he's worth a fortune like that but he's worth over 400 million dollars i mean i i think of him as like bill and ted and like you know like yeah he's done a lot of blockbusters point blank uh no point break uh speed uh obviously john wick he did that 47 ronin movie but I just I don't know I didn't think four hundred million dollars was the number that's that's huge man oh yeah
0: it doesn't surprise me he's he's like a mega star. yeah he's been in yeah. so many like big franchises The Matrix and you know John Wick just by themselves Matrix uh, yes okay yeah. Yeah. but uh, yeah Tom Cruise I mean I gotta hand it to him like it, the only bad thing about Tom Cruise is, like, he's the one propping up Scientology, which is, like, this, like, terrible cult,
1: that does terrible cult, yeah. thing to anyone who dares try to leave the, you know. Like, how powerful are they? Like, the government can't even investigate missing people in their organization.
0: <sighs> it's pretty crazy. And, like, from what I understand, too, they've bought up, like, a huge amount of properties to the point mm. where, like, people are like, what are they doing with these properties? You know what I mean? Uh, and I, yeah, it's I think the
1: Mormon church is like that too. Like they have a shit ton of money like saved up. I think they own a lot of like, you know, banking firms and stuff like that. So yeah, man, that's nuts. I mean, these are like non-tax organizations that can just make so much money. And they they, they become businesses and they're just not taxed, I guess.
0: Well, you know, uh, Leah Remini um, from the King of Queens, like, you know, she used to be big into Scientology. Yeah. And then she left and she's done like some exposés on like, you know, leaving Scientology.
1: But that's because her parents were into it. So she kind of got brought into it, right? Like they forced her into it?
0: Quite possibly. I, I, I didn't actually watch the show. So I just, I know kind okay. of just like the basics, but, um, yeah. but I remember like hearing a quote from her that like, she's like Tom Cruise could probably um single-handedly bring down Scientology. Like if he, was, like if he flipped and was mm-hmm. like, you know if he ever flipped like she did um she's like he could probably bring down like the whole religion basically that's how important
1: yeah for sure he's like the most popular member of it and he's a powerful member of it um i think also john travolta is a member of it
0: i think yeah i think at least uh, he's been associated with it i'm pretty sure
1: yeah yeah i wonder how much of hollywood is involved with that like it seems like a money-making scheme, too, so it might be, like, something that they invest in in that way.
0: I want to say there were several actors from that 70s show that were caught up in it.
1: I know um, Isaac Hayes. He left South Park when they did that Scientology That's right, that yeah, defended. that's right. Yeah. Huh. He, they, they really did him dirty, the, the chef. They made <laughs> him, like, a pedophile at the end, and, like, he shit himself when he died or something. <laughs> sure, something like that. Right. They really did him dirty. <laughs> yeah
0: i mean it is use, like it old is crazy clips,
1: though like, go out of place <laughs> <laughs> old audio clips
0: <laughs> oh i mentioned uh leah Remini. uh one thing i've been watching which uh is not new at all uh but you know i i got peacock and i was you know trying to find stuff to watch and they have the king of queens on there so i like started re-watching the king of queens and i gotta say yeah. Maybe I'm just nostalgic for like late 90s, early 2000s sitcoms, but I'm really yeah. enjoying that show.
1: Yeah, I used to, I think it was like a fun show to watch after school, you know, it was something to put on. Uh, it was better than Everybody Loves Raymond, that's for sure. Like, Oh, yeah, see, was... I,
0: I put Raymond at the top. I, I love really? yeah, Raymond. Yeah, Raymond is, good. I love that show. But King like and Queens, man, it's up to
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Actually, you know, I forget because um, King and Queens was a spinoff of Everybody Loves Raymond. And, like, there's already right. been, like, several episodes where, like, uh,
1: Raymond, like, guest-starred. And
0: I'm like, man, I didn't remember him, like, guest starring like, so much on King of Queens. But he, t- he does several times.
1: So, like, was it a spinoff? Because I saw an episode where he met Kevin James. Like, they started hanging out, became friends. This yeah. I believe- that? yeah I,
0: so I believe there's an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where maybe Kevin James is his, like, you know, UPS man or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then... Um, yeah, eventually, like the uh, King of Queens, oh, okay. like spin off from there.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I thought it was just a crossover episode. I didn't realize it was spin off. Okay.
0: Well, I don't know if at that point, like they had like his whole name and character and and stuff worked out because on actually in the the first King of Queen episodes where Ray
1: guest stars, like
0: that's where they you know first meet. So like I don't know exactly,
1: you know. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense.
0: But um. But yeah, it, it spun
1: off from there. But yeah.
0: Really fun show. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I've had watching. so many,
1: like, comfort shows throughout the years. Like, you know, I'd watch after school and stuff. Um, it used to be, like, Cheers when I was younger. Uh, Gilligan's Island was a favorite when I was really young. Um, there was a time where it was, like, I think Becker was one of them. Uh, there were so many shows, like, TJF shows, you know, like, uh, Full oh. House, Family Matters, of course. Yeah. But Step-by-step was okay, I thought.
0: Right. Yeah, we um, watched that.
1: Yeah. Let's see. There was also New Girl that that was more recent. I like that show a lot too when I was younger, like in my twenties. Um there was a time when I was in my early twenties, like I think I was like twenty-one or something, I'm not sure, but I used to watch maybe twenty twenty-three, twenty-four. I watched Zack and Cody a lot for some reason. <laughs> a lot of people did. It was just a show that everybody I used to watch it with my friends who were also in their twenties. Oh really? <laughs>
0: yeah. I gotta bet I, I missed out on the uh the Zack and Cody uh era. <laughs> The
1: hijinks of those two brothers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is weird, though, like when you're in your 20s and you happen to catch like a Nickelodeon show or something like that, and you're like, I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be designed for teenagers, but I'm enjoying it enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
1: I also watched Drake and Josh around that time period also. Like, I think it was just a nostalgia thing because I grew up watching like, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark and like that slime show, whatever it was. Uh you know, I watched a lot of Nickelodeon, and some Disney when I was a kid. So like, you know, it was just nostalgic, I guess. Remember that I- Nickel? We weird watching it now, though. <laughs> Remember that Nickelodeon show Guts,
0: where they like competed. Like, is that in- the one I'm talking? With the slime? Did they slime you at the end? There might have been slime on that one. But I, I just remember they had that
1: like wall. Guts oh, to- is where yeah. they did it outside. They had the competitions outside, right? Yeah, and they had like the
0: aggro crag or whatever they called that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Those seem so fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was, was, what, was, it, of- was, it, was it was it Double Dare?
0: They slime people on there. Oh, that, that's what it was. Yeah, that was Double yeah. Dare. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah, as kids, man, we watched the hell out of those
1: shows. And then there was Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, yes, man. yeah,
0: yeah. Man, that's nostalgic right there.
1: For sure, yeah.
0: Um, I also, on Peacock, um, watched Oppenheimer. Okay. Which, it's kind of, I feel exactly like I knew I would feel about it, which is, it's, from a technical perspective, like, very well done. It's like, you know, it's Christopher Nolan, so it's well directed. All the acting's good. Um, But, at the same time, it's it's like one of those one and done movies. Like this is, it's nothing I would ever watch twice. You know, it's, I watched it. And I was like, yeah, that was, that was a, a fair movie, but I don't know. But to, Biopics have just never been really my, my thing. Even the well done ones like this. I'm like, yeah, once is enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Uh I haven't even been interested in watching it, to be honest. Like it just seems like it just, it'd be a boring movie about one guy, his struggle and like, I guess creating a bomb that's very destructive and maybe goes against his beliefs or something. I'm, am I, am I on point? I don't even know the synopsis of the movie, but is that similar to what it is? What it is?
0: Well, that's basically it. And and like, listen, the movie's like three hours long. Oh, yeah. and for the most part, it's just, you know, scenes of people talking in rooms, but, um, so it's, it's, it's one of those things you kind of got to be in the mood for, but uh, look, it's, it's, it's well done. It's just like, you know, it's I a mean, one That's and mostly
1: done. what The Godfather is too, right? Like it's mostly just people standing around talking. That's well done right. too. So I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. I mean, the, you do get a couple Florence Pugh nude scenes. So if, you know, oh, nice. that,
0: yeah. <laughs> there's a little something for you to keep your interest. What, what's her
1: name in Marvel? Uh, is it Yelena. Yelena, yeah. does not have like a
0: comic name? I believe in the comic books, she becomes White Widow.
1: But I don't know okay. if in,
0: in the MCU, I don't know if they've referred to her as that.
1: No, yet. not yet, I don't think, yeah. The White Widow being nude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, did you see... Um, I don't know exactly what the score was, but Madam Web is getting like tr- trounced in, in the ratings. Like the Rotten Tomato score was like really bad. And like, Uh, I I listened to several reviews and they're like, you know, it it was pretty roundly panned as like, just a kind of like bad and like confusing as to why it even exists.
1: Yeah, we were, we were dead on with how this would go, man. I think everybody knew though, in the first place, the same director who directed Morbius and every, every crappy movie that's come out. Like, I mean, this guy has been really tearing it up with bad movies and he did this one too. Well, actually, you got the job for this one before Morbius even released. So, you know. Well, actually,
0: the the, the director is a woman that I think only directed television before, but the
1: script apparently was written by
0: by like the same writer as Morbius. So,
1: that guy sucks, man. How's he still working?
0: You know, it's very perplexing to me because, like, well, I will say in fairness writing in movies is very uneven because like the same guy that wrote um Batman and Robin like wrote A Beautiful Mind so like <laughs> there is a big disparity yeah. in This guys writing. consistently bad that's the thing is like they they just had you know a flop I think Morbius was pretty much a flop and so they know like this guy's not doing well as yeah. writing these things. And I don't know. It's just, I, I sometimes swear that studios do not put a premium on writing like they should.
1: It feels like, and I heard there were a lot of rewrites too. Like Dakota Johnson says she can't even talk about it, but it was massively rewritten. And like, there were so many changes made to this movie by studio execs and stuff. That's I what hate I heard studio too, man. execs, man. They are the worst. Like they will, they will destroy their own products so badly. And I don't understand what the logic is. Like I, Maybe it's to, like, be more family-friendly. They think they're appealing to more people or whatever the case is, but they end up making so many bad decisions, man.
0: Well, one of the big problems is, is like, people in those positions, like, no matter what, they have to give notes because otherwise it's like they're not doing their job. So, like, even if they see, read something they think is great or see, like, maybe daily footage that they think is great, okay, I, uh... My internet bugged out for a, for a minute. So uh, I'm back now. Um, So, yeah, I was just saying that like um, with, with Madam Webb and like, uh, you know, people in executive positions, like even if they, they read a good script or maybe they see daily footage that they even like, like they, they have to give notes because otherwise it's, you know, it's like they're not doing their job, but it always inevitably like, gives a too many cooks in the kitchen type thing, you know,
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: When, when people do that. So yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the movie industry as a whole has never quite figured that out, but there's, then you get these pockets where it becomes very evident. And and with like the Sony, you know, uh, (laughs) Spider-Man movies or Spider-Man less movies in this case, like it's, it's very apparent that like, but like, I don't even know, like, from what I understand, this movie had a relatively, like, you know, small budget. I think they made it for, like, $80 million. Okay. But still, I think opening it made, opening week made maybe $20 million. So, if you consider marketing, like, I assume
1: they're going to lose money on this movie. I mean, is at this point wise to sell back the properties? Like, it just, they're not doing anything right with these things. Like... The villains suck. The the characters are solid, like, you know, Venom and Spider-Man. Like, those are good, great characters, but they're not doing anything with them. Like, Spider-Man was pretty much, I think they got their hands held by Marvel throughout that whole process. I think Marvel, you know, really helped them make that movie. Because there's no way I could trust Sony to have made that kind of product, no.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think, I think that's the only reason those Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are uh, of quality, is because of... Uh, you know, Disney, Marvel Studios, like, in- involvement in them.
1: Yeah. And what's but incredible is they, they didn't learn anything from that experience.
0: Let me ask you something. If if you were in Sony's sh- shoes right now and you just see over and over again, like, these movies, like, I guess Ven- the Venom movies made money, but critically, they weren't well received. Yeah. Like, if, let's say that Craven ends up being another flop. Like, that would be three in a row Morbius, Madam Webb, Craven. If you're Sony, like, what would you do like would you try a a a reboot with like a different like non tom holland spider-man and be like you know
1: i think tony i think sony thinks they have a cash cow with tom holland as spider-man and the character spider-man is so beloved in much of the country like i think there's like much of the world really you know it's a it's a underdog story about a young guy who takes on responsibility and you know it's just it's a very easy-to-like character, and I think a lot of people can get on board with that. Like, how many times has Spider-Man been made? Three times in the last 20 years, there's been three trilogies. One had two, but it was supposed to have three, and they're still talking about making a third one, even. Um, and, you know, all three were in the latest one. So, there, it just seems unlikely that they'll give up that property, you know? It's such a good one. But um, So, in Craven, is Spider-Man the main uh, protagonist in that movie, or is it some somebody else? Do we know? In, in Craven? Yeah.
0: Well, I think just like in Morbius, Craven's the protagonist, and they made, like, maybe his father or other people the bad guys, essentially.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, um, I don't see them giving up Spider-Man, but these other things, I think they really need to stop making those projects. Like, yeah, and, uh, I mean, Venom... He's a beloved character too, you know? Like not as much as Spider-Man obviously, but he's he, he he'll get some traction no matter what, right? Like people will come out to see a Venom movie. He's a known character, he's uh he's interesting to people, you know? But uh nobody gives two shits about Craven. Nobody gives two shits about Madam Web and uh Morbius. God, I, I mean, it's all the same trash. Like it, it's not going to bring people in and it's poorly written, it's poorly done. There's no effort. There's it's just, I don't understand what their approach here is. Like, what they're trying to even get away with. Like, they're not making money, so uh, it makes no sense to me. Uh, Venom, they're making that movie uh, this year, or is it? Is it coming out? They're making another one, right?
0: I think they're making another one. My guess is it'll probably come out next year, if I had to guess.
1: 2025. So, so I think they've been better. I haven't seen the Venom movies, but from what I've understood, like, they've been better than these movies. Like, they, they're a little bit... Better writing, better quality. Um, I think they need to get those right, you know. Like obviously, but you can't just rely on people liking the property, you know, the character that much because you know at some point people are going to recognize that you've made this many bombs with other characters and they just don't trust the studio. I don't trust the studio. I haven't seen Venom at all. The only reason I watched Spider Man was because Marvel was involved. Yeah, I never saw Morbius. I haven't seen Madame Web. I'm not going to see Craven probably. So, I mean, except for the animated movies the into the spider-verse those those are great yeah i don't know why they have so much better writing in those movies than they do in the live action yeah it's pretty crazy uh,
0: it's pretty crazy the disparity between the writing in those movies and the writing in the live action movies
1: yeah absolutely i mean those are funny they're quirky they're fun they're you know they're smart there's depth there's emotional depth there's there's so much more going on there these are just i don't know like it doesn't make sense to me oh
0: I did watch, you know, Morbius out of just curiosity. Oh. And I talked about it on the podcast several months ago. But yeah, right. it's it was terrible. And, like, <laughs> maybe one day I'll want to watch this Madam Web movie out of just, like, curiosity, too. But I, I know it's terrible. Oh, and also, apparently, like... um there's a lot of like really egregious like Pepsi uh product placement in this movie oh no like I heard <laughs> I heard in the end the bad guy is like even crushed by a large like Pepsi sign or something
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, they gotta get their money one way or another they gotta get that money back
0: actually may, maybe that's uh maybe they do make money on these movies just from shameless product promotion maybe <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter what the box office
1: very well could be yeah I mean there's so <laughs> many there's so many movies like uh there's so many bad movies that are basically made on those promotions. Like they pay for themselves just based on like product placement and stuff like that. So I don't know if they can get 80 million back. Like, yeah, I don't know about that, but. uh. well, and,
0: And it even have to be more than that because like, I think the rule of thumb is that usually like for a theatrical release, just like all the, all the advertising stuff usually like costs like a, what the budget of the movie is. So usually they say like double the budget. So like they would probably have to make more than 160 million probably to actually Jeez. make a profit. I hope uh, Pepsi
1: really shelled out the big bucks for this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, it's going to be a uh, interest. I, I do wonder like, is there a price like Sony would actually, you know, give up just, just the live action movie rights for Spider-Man what? and like, All the well, and like I wonder if Disney would even like agree to that just like depending on how much it is I guess.
1: I mean, I don't think Disney's clamoring to get back like Craven and, you know, Madam Web and Morbius, but Spider-Man I know they want. They definitely want Spider. They de- and they probably want Venom too. So I think they should they should take the money, you know? Like Sony could sell it back for a lot of money.
0: Yeah, um yeah, I mean, I would think so. I mean, I mean, Disney bought Star Wars for like four billion, which actually seem, seemed cheap to me at the time. It still yeah. kind of does, looking at how much Star Wars makes. Uh, so I don't know if it would be worth that amount, but uh, and maybe even Sony would could make a deal where like we'll we'll sell Disney like all the like live action like you know publishing rights for the uh spider-man stuff but maybe they still get like some sort of percentage of royalties like depending on you know how the movie does and stuff like that uh again i don't know if disney would go for a deal like that but it it just seems to me like there's got to be a price that could Mm -hmm. get this done
1: you know i gotta go back i i don't mean to shit on madam webb as a character because she's kind of intriguing but not on her own you know like she's part of a bigger spider-man story you know, so I think in that sense, Sony or Marvel could definitely use her in that sense, you know, like part of the Spider-Verse. But, uh, and she's probably the most intriguing out of the three characters that I mentioned, you know. But, uh, yeah, this whole standalone movie thing, I don't think it works.
0: Well, and the other thing is track record, because, like, if, if the, the, let's say the MCU did have spi- the rights of the, all the Spider-Man characters, mm-hmm. if they put out a Madam Web movie, like, I wouldn't be like chomping at the bit to see it but yeah. i would
1: see it yeah that's true and it i would at least know that there there would be a chance that it would be good <laughs> yeah yeah that's true i trust marvel to to do better with that project yeah for sure by far i trust dc to do a lot better with any project than sony's been doing
0: i would be okay like if if they did sell the rights live action rights to to disney of them just like never referencing like any of these characters again yeah. although they they did kind of do just an after credits thing. Like, remember Tom Hardy um, was in the after credits of Spider-Man, no way home.
1: Yeah. I thought like Sony forced that one.
0: And uh, Michael Keaton's vulture character was in the, um, uh, Morbius post credits. Yeah. And it made no that's sense. Just, it made that's just no. Sony
1: pretending that they're part of the Marvel cinematic universe though. That's just Sony acting like, Oh, we're, we're part of this. You know, we're, we're all connected. You should watch us too. And that, I think they also pull that stunt with these actors too. Cause like these people think they're part of the Marvel cinematic universe. And then they realize that they're not, you know, even, even uh, Dakota Johnson realized that this movie, Madam Webb, isn't even part of the Sony cinematic universe or whatever you want to call it. Like it's in a different era, a different time period. And it's its own project. Yeah.
0: Oh, AJ, there was a bit of casting news this week. Did you see that the uh, fantastic four, they all got cast?
1: Yeah. Uh, Pedro Pascal is a uh, Mister Fantastic. Yeah, Reed Richards, he's so much more likable than any other Mister Fantastic I've seen in live action, except for uh, what's his name from uh, Wanda that uh, Multiverse of Madness. What's his name? Uh,
0: oh, John Krasinski. Uh, John Krasinski. Yeah, I forgot about that uh, cameo. But he
1: was just as a cameo. Yeah. Pedro Pascal is a is a fun guy to watch. You know, he's charismatic. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 a fan. I'll, I'll like to enjoy. I'll enjoy watching him.
0: You know what? I like Pedro Pascal, but I think he's almost a victim of his own success where now he's in so many things that I'm like, okay, I would kind of like to see someone else.
1: <laughs> That's true. You can you can get over you can oversaturate the market with your work and I think a lot of actors go through that and they have to take a break for a while. Like Maybe he is he,
0: he is a great actor and I'm sure he'll he'll do a good job in the role, but yeah, I just yeah. like I saw him in The Last of Us like,
1: you know, Mandalorian. he's
0: the Mandalorian um, and he's been in like a lot of other it stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. He's just one of those guys that I've seen a lot lately. And I'm like, okay, maybe we could let some other people have, you know, have a crack at it, but he's yeah, a good I mean. actor. Yeah. And then Vanessa Kirby, who I've only seen in like a couple right. things, like actually she, she, was, she, was, she was in uh, mission Gun's impossible. Wife, right?
1: What? She James Gunn's wife. No. Oh, okay, okay. I, no, then she's I, the one who was in the uh, movie with The Rock, right? Uh, uh, Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw.
0: Shaw, yeah. She was in there, and she was also in the, this uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning movie that I watched. Oh, okay. She's I think got to those, fake an
1: accent, huh? What's that? She's got to fake an American accent then, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing she's British, right? I think so. I think so. Um, and then the other two
0: actors. I don't, I'm not super familiar with. One of them is a guy from like the last season of Stranger Things. I think he played Eddie.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, he was a really big uh, – people loved him in that show. Yeah, but I think that's the only thing I've ever seen him yeah, in, tomorrow, I
0: think. Yeah. And then the other guy is uh, that's playing the thing, um, he's in that show The Bear, which is very popular, but I haven't actually seen that show. Is he like the main chef, that young guy? no. No, he's a different guy. Um, and, but he was also, um, I guess, in the oddly enough in the John Barenthal Punisher show. I guess he played Micro. The
1: uh, yeah, I have to look him up.
0: He was like the guy that like helped him out or whatever, and like was estranged from his like wife or whatever, and was like spying on his own family or whatever. And then yeah. um, he also—I know you didn't watch it—but he played a part on Andor season. So like oh. I've seen him in a couple things but like he's he's gotten a much bigger because of the bear. One of these days I should watch the bear because everybody says it's great. I just haven't uh, sat down and watched it.
1: Yeah, I gotta check it out too. It's on Hulu so it's there. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but you know, I have to imagine like you know, uh, he'll be in, in
0: the first Fantastic Four movie somewhat as himself but then, you know, once the yeah. transformation takes place then he's just gonna be the thing you know
1: the voice yeah. did you ever uh, i saw like a breakdown of i guess i saw clips or something of uh that fantastic four movie that was never released oh the roger corman one yeah, that's hilarious man <laughs> that movie is hilarious there's also like a 90s or like 80s captain america movie and you know the time before cgi they couldn't do anything with those characters like that was not a good time for superhero movies. They really wanted to make them, but geez, they couldn't do shit with those guys. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually
0: watched any of those. But like you were saying, I have seen like, you know, stills from them. And yeah, you know, they, they look just hideous and awful.
1: And like, they're like running down the street in an alley or something. It's nothing <laughs> like as grand or cinematic as we see with these movies. Now.
0: Right. Yeah, they all look terrible. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh.
0: Well, I think the Roger Corman thing was like a rights thing, where it was like, if you don't start shooting within a week, you're going to lose the rights to do this. And right, so it was like it was. Yeah, they, so they, it's they like,
1: never intended to release it.
0: So, like, within yeah. a week, they were shooting, and they shot whatever <laughs> they shot, but which apparently is pretty bad. I think there's some people that say that movie's actually kind of fun, like in a campy sort of way.
1: Okay. Right.
0: But, uh, yeah, I've never... there. There's apparently all, you know, bootlegs of it out there, um,
1: but... That might be fun for a bad movie night.
0: It could be, actually. Yeah. Watch Roger Corman's Fantastic Four.
1: You know, uh, Moist Critical, he says like one of the worst movies ever made was this movie called uh, Scott Moonfall, I think. Have you heard of this movie? What's it? it? What is it? Moon- Moonfall. Oh,
0: yes, yes. I've, I've, I've also heard people talk about this movie. I, it just came
1: out like a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen it, but I heard it's hilariously bad, and I love those kinds of movies, so I think I'm going to check it out for sure.
0: It's like a Roland Emmerich um, disaster film. He where, loves those. Yes. that. I mean, I think that's all he does. But yeah, <laughs> I think the plot is like the moon is like maybe like falling towards
1: Earth. I believe so. But
0: then like, I think like there's also this weird, maybe it's a twist or something where like the moon is actually like, um, there's like an AI like inside of the moon or something. Oh, okay. okay. Is it like <laughs> an ancient alien AI or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Where like the whole moon's like a, a an AI or something. It's something weird. But yeah, it's it's supposed to be kind of laughably terrible.
1: I love that. <laughs> <laughs> the That show Ghosts, It's uh, I think it's, it came back out onto TV. I got to check it out. I saw the first two seasons. I'm really excited about the third one. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I think I, I think I saved up like maybe two episodes. I, I like to watch a show in a binge, you know. So that's what I'm gonna try to do with that.
0: Yeah, I've stupidly been like watching certain things week to week, and it does kind of suck. I mean, it, it's one thing if it's like a show we're reviewing on the podcast, then it's kind of yeah. good because it's like then we get content each week.
1: Yeah. But like, yeah, because the Marvel shows, they always do like a. a uh, prelude, like a, what do you call that? Like a recap of the episode oh, yeah, before. Previously on
0: Blank and Blank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, it's, uh, I, like I'm watching, um, still watching Death and Other Details, which I think there's only one show, one episode left. And mm-hmm. now like CSI Vegas season three just started. So I'll probably be watching that
1: week to week. Okay. You know, I did go back and watch a, a, a childhood favorite, The Burbs. I've never seen that movie. That has like Tom Hanks, oh, right? It is such a it's such a nostalgic, but also a favorite of mine. It still holds up too. It is such a fun movie, man. I think you'd enjoy it. Well, I don't know. I mean, I did watch it as a kid, so I probably have more sentimental reasons to like it. But I think anybody would enjoy it. It's just a fun movie. It's quirky. It's got like a um, lot of like. It's funny, but it's also like you know, there's there's like a suspicion in town. You know, like on the street, like. Who are these people? Who are our neighbors? You know, what kind of people are they? And there's like a little bit of twist too. So it's just a fun movie. Like, I think you'd enjoy it. And uh, Tom Hanks is the star. So he he plays it well.
0: It kind of sucks though when you do go back and watch a movie from your childhood and it like doesn't hold up at all. And you're like, oh, I kind of wish I would have just lived with the memory of liking this.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's true. I mean, what does that happen with me? I think that happened with Space Jam. (laughs) Space Jam was a huge hit as a kid but then when you watch it as an adult you're like this is just relentless product placement like that's all it is it was a big commercial (laughs) I know I love Space Jam when I was a kid and
0: you know what I still actually enjoy the actual like um, basketball game just because I like the Looney Tunes and like there's some fun hijinks in that part but basically everything else is pretty much trash
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man
0: I didn't watch um, Space Jam 2, but uh, I've heard that that one's a a a pretty big turd. Uh, Yeah,
1: plus like Michael Jordan was beloved by everybody, and LeBron James is somewhat like polarizing. Like people, I think there's young people love LeBron James, and the older people are like, we saw Michael Jordan, so he's really not that great. So, and plus like there's just a lot of haters out there, like you know, who just see this guy doing well and they're like, ah, screw him, I hate him. I used to be like that with Kobe Bryant, just because he always murdered my basketball team. He he dissected us so many times. He knocked us out of the playoffs so many times. Like I'm a Rock- I was a Rockets fan. I still am. But uh, man, Kobe he did that to every team in the league, though. He was just that good. So after he retired, I was like, I love Kobe, <laughs> but while he was playing, I hated on him. But after he retired, I was like, man, this guy's awesome. He he had such an amazing. And then he passed away, and I was like shocked. I was I was blown away by that. Oh right, the whole helicopter. Yeah, crash. that was nuts. Like I I think that shook me for like four or five days. I was like, I can't believe Kobe Bryant's not on this planet anymore. That's wild.
0: That's a that's a topic. Like, what celebrity deaths? Like, do you think of like kind of shaking Chadwick you the Boseman.
1: most? Chadwick Boseman. That one, that one was recently. surprising,
0: just because he kept yeah. his illness like hidden, and exactly. it was like he's so it felt young. like
1: it just came out of nowhere. I was expecting to see him in Black Panther too. Yeah, yeah. We had just seen him in a, in a End Game. I feel so like
0: I feel like it's been. I mean, that one did surprise me. I feel like the one that rocked me the most was mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Was when um, you know Owen Hart died. Oh yeah. In his accident, and I remember yeah. that. And I was so into wrestling at that time that I, that one shocked the hell out of me. Did I you actually like, see it on TV or something like? No, because it, it was on a pay per view, so
1: and I didn't okay. have, so I didn't actually see that show. I used to be a huge Bret Hart fan, and like you know, they had the Hart Foundation and all that stuff. So Owen Hart was a part of that, and uh, yeah, I was like, I always cheered for him, you know. And that was crazy, and the way it happened, like during a pay per view event, falling from the rafters, like that is a shocker. That yeah, I mean, did they did they carry on with the event after that, or did they just cancel it? I. I think they they did finish the event.
0: They like took him out on a stretcher and like because I don't even know the detail. Like I don't know if he died just like straight away on impact or if maybe he was alive for a few minutes after. I'm not quite sure. Right. But yeah, I think they I think they did like finish the show. But you know the energy in that building just had to be
1: to- in total shock. Yeah. And another one uh, for wrestlers was a. I mean, this wasn't like sad. Like this was sad in a different way. Chris Benoit. Yeah, uh, yeah, that I was watched very shocking. Yeah, you know he was he was. I think he was like in his prime during that prime age of wrestling too. So I think uh, you know he got a lot of exposure. I saw him. I watched him. And uh, I, I mean, he just snapped, dude. Like that's nuts. Like I don't know. People people perf- uh, say it was like the drugs, like the performance enhancing drugs and other stuff that he was on. Well, I think.
0: I mean, we'll never know, but I, I I think a lot of it had to do with CTE because oh, right. they did eventually do like a examination of his brain and right. they were like, yeah, this is like an 85 year old with dementia brain. I think I you heard know? about that. Yeah.
1: Right. And that happens to a lot of football players too. Like they have such bad CTE, like some of them commit suicide after retirement.
0: I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be a common thing for whatever reason with people that got to CTE really bad is like yeah. they'll commit suicide. Some of them will possibly try to go after somebody else. Um, yeah. Very strange.
1: Yeah. yeah but those are some crazy ones, man.
0: I remember the Benoit one. I was still into wrestling enough that I would frequently like read like the dirt sheets on the internet, you know, like rumors and stuff. Mm-hmm. and i actually remember that one vividly because i remember reading that story before it was ever announced like on television or like widely so i think i just happened to be on a site that like got the
1: they news got like first before it was even aired
0: yeah i i i read it like because i i believe it happened on like a, a weekend so like i read it on like a sunday night or something and mm. then like i because i heard like even a lot of wrestlers like talk about it after the fact, and a lot of them didn't even hear about it until like the following Monday, which yeah. I remember they turned that raw because they didn't know the details yet with just a tribute show to him. And then like the very next day, they finally found out that, oh, this wasn't an accident, like he killed him. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's the other thing is, Like when I read the news, they didn't—they didn't know at that time that he had actually killed them. So it just said like Benoit and his family found dead. So honestly, my first thought was, oh, there was like a gas leak or something, you know, some sort of accident, and they all, you know, because I didn't, because it was the furthest thing from my mind. Like that there would have been like a you know a murder suicide by Chris Benoit kids too, yeah. And who I was a huge fan of, by the way. I was a huge yeah. fan of his. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was just shocking and, and sad all the way around. Yeah. Oh, actually, AJ, a related story that just happened. Mm-hmm. So there was a wrestler. I think his heyday was probably like in the 70s and 80s. And I, I'm not familiar with this guy at all. But there was a wrestler named Billy Jack Haynes. Mm-hmm. And he lives in Portland. He oh. just he just got arrested for shooting his and murdering his wife. Who I guess oh. was like eighty five years old. His wife and like I'm not sure how old he is, but I think he's up there in age too. Gotta be, yeah. So it's very
1: just surreal and strange, you know. That old people are so like my my grandparents. When I visited them, they would argue about the silliest, stupidest things, but it was like cute arguing right. But then I've also seen videos online where an old 95-year-old man, he was mad about the maintenance workers not getting something done in his apartment and he shot one. He pulled out his gun and shot one. Didn't kill him but you know, he tried. And like th- they just lose a lot of them lose like all rationality when it comes to like, you know, responding to to stressful situations. I've I've seen a lot of people complain about that in retail like on TikTok and like YouTube. Like, their experiences with the older people is, like, they just don't, they they almost become children, like, when something doesn't go their way. Yeah,
0: especially if they have, like, hints of, like, you know, dementia or something. It, yeah. it can go really
1: ugly really quick. That's true, yeah. yeah I
0: remember a couple of years ago, too, there was, like, an old guy in a movie theater, and there was another guy either being noisy or maybe playing with his cell phone or something, and he shot him to death. You jeez know.
1: man we need to put an age limit on these guns. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that with cars too. Cause I've seen some people out there. <laughs> I think we kind of do do that with cars though, for the most part, right? Like certain age people don't drive.
0: A lot of times. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes they'll get their licenses taken away if they're, you know, getting in too much uh, trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, this thing about some people like saying how it's ages to uh you know, criticize Biden. It's like, I'm not criticizing him because of his age. I'm criticizing him because he has clear cognitive problems.
1: Yeah. You know I what? mean, it's just natural. He's, he's diminishing with his mental faculties. Like his, yeah, he is like just not able to do the job, you know, like, and I think that goes for anybody who's at that age. Like Trump is also like in his eighties. We need Obama at least was like, what, 46 when he was president. And he seemed, Sound of mind, right? Yeah. Uh, even Bush was, like, kind of ditzy and stuff, but he was still sound of mind, you know? Like, you got to have younger people in that office. I, I think the cutoff should be around, like, 70, you know, maybe more or less, but yeah.
0: Well, I don't think there should be, like, a cutoff, but I, I do think there should be, a, like, some sort of, you know, cognitive test. Because there are people at Biden's age or yeah, sometimes burning, even... Burning solid. Yeah, there's people Biden's age and older that are still sharp as a tack. And, like, if that's the yeah. case, like, I'm totally fine with it. But, yeah. like, these people that are just burying their heads in the sand and pretending like he doesn't have a problem, it's insane to me. Like, he's
1: clearly struggling. He, yeah. I don't know. I mean, once you get in power, you don't want to give it up. And it's it's kind of hard to overthrow an incumbent. We saw that with, a, was it a, Dianne Feinstein? Was she the one? Or was it someone else uh, who passed away recently who was just so she had to sign away her right of attorney to her daughter like years before she even died i think it was Diane
0: Feinstein yeah
1: yeah so and she was still in you know office voting on bills and stuff like that so i mean it's scary you know well, look,
0: look at uh, you know Mitch McConnell
1: the... yeah yeah he has like black hands from falling all over the place and like he can't talk he gets confused mid-sentence people have to stop interviews for him like straight up like freezes you know yeah i mean i think i said this before but that's the fall of empires like when people become so out of touch and old and incapable of making rational decisions that benefit the people of that time period they yeah i mean you just end up living in a different time period you're not making the right decisions you just Everything goes helter-skelter, you know?
0: I got to say, I'm so dreading this year. I just have the worst feelings. There's going to be a lot of political violence. There's there's already Uh, been, like, several, like, um, shootings in the last couple weeks. I don't know. I just got a feeling that there's going to be a lot of that this year.
1: I think so, too. Uh, Honestly, I've become so apathetic, which is bad. Like, it's horrible. But, like, I expect the violence. I just don't want to be reminded of like this right versus left, like political ads and all this con- like this politics. Like I, I just, I become so turned off by politics. It's just, it's so gross, you know, like it ugh, really is. Just,
0: like, I yeah. mean, it always is,
1: but this year just especially. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's just an exam. It, it's just, you can tell how corrupt the system is when these two guys are running. And like one of them's an, obvious pathological liar and just terrible person and yeah. the other one it, it like we we said is is so uh in cognitive decline that nobody wants him there but he's there and yeah. it's just i don't know the whole thing it's like the fact that those are the two guys it's like yeah this system's working real well you know
1: yeah they're the cream of the crop apparently they rose to the top <laughs> like they're there's there's harvard graduates there's phd students out there there there's such smart people i get that there's a I, I think you have to be a certain age to run for president like the minimum age i'm not sure 35 35 and that's that's pretty young yeah you know like there are a lot of amazing people out there who are just geniuses i don't understand i i, I get that they don't want to get involved with politics because it's so disgusting and it's such it's such filth but I just have a hard time believing that an intelligent person who's capable and who has the merit for the job can't, like, it just shows you that there's so much corruption in the system. That's what holds them back and keeps these people in front, you know? Like, it couldn't be anything else.
0: Yeah. I mean, I won't be excited no matter what until a more progressive candidate actually, like, gets in there and has a chance of winning, which I don't suspect will ever happen. But, um, yeah.
1: And somebody who actually does what they're going to say, like what they say, like, because a lot of these people get turned once they get into office, The those big corporate bucks, you know, like they change everything. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and listen, I, yeah.
0: I understand that like even someone, if, if, if by some miracle, someone who is an actual progressive made it to, to office, I know their hands would still be tied in a way because like Congress would still be. Deadlock, yeah. but i'm like if that person didn't do absolutely everything they could through executive order to help people mm-hmm. i would still be like disappointed in that person
1: yeah exactly i mean we saw it happen with trump he was able to pass as many executive orders as he wanted to police his base and it just seems like on the left these conservative democrats they they don't use that and i think there's a reason you know they're they're trying to keep the status quo so, I mean, somebody who's a progressive will at least use that tool to try to change things and appeal to their base, you know? So, yeah, I can see that.
0: I mean, from my understanding, I think there's a lot, you know, if, if you know, Biden wasn't bought off by the corporate donors, like, I think through executive action, he could essentially make marijuana federally legal. He could forgive student loan debt. He could do a, a, quite a bit of stuff that he doesn't
1: yeah he needs those big corporate bucks though because he's 80 and you know he's going to live a long life still and needs all that money and so do all those old ass democrats and this the funny thing is like they're already able to make insider trading you know investments like that based on their their like primary like what do you call that like when somebody has propri- propri- pro- uh, proprietary proprietary n- uh, knowledge right like so like they they have the first scoop on uh you know, what investment is a good investment, what company they're the ones in like allowing these companies to have a leg up, you know, like they'll allow this firm to have like a, a deal with the government to explore the ocean for oil or whatever the deal is, you know, and they can find out like if they've struck anything or if there's any oil there. So like they can make these investments firsthand, you know, and they already make millions off of those. I don't understand. Like, how much do you need? You know, how much, how, there's no limit to how greedy people get. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. like I think once you have something, they just want more. That's all it is. Like look at Marjorie Taylor green. She was in office for like two, three years. And she went from like having a, what a hundred thousand, couple hundred thousand to $41 million. Or is that Lauren, Lauren Bober is one of them. And like, it just shows you can make that money so easily, so quickly in that office. And you don't need to be selling out at eighty. You know, there's no reason that you need to be selling out at eighty. Uh, you should have made all that money by then. You have power. You have money. You're good to go. Yeah,
0: there, there really is no limit for people because I think they get to thinking like, oh, even if I have enough money for my lifetime, now I get a chance to make generational wealth so that yeah. my grandchildren's grandchildren can be rich, you know, and create this dynasty. It always
1: escalates. Yeah. You know, is it, is it like, I, I need to buy three more I need to buy a house in the Hamptons. I need to buy a house in Malibu. I need to buy a house here. I need a yacht, you know? Like, it's just, it's always something, a, a plane.
0: I have to think about that, because, like, even if I, you know, some, won some sort of lottery and became rich, like, like don't get me wrong, like, I'd have a nice house. I'd probably have a few nice things, but I wouldn't go, like, overboard crazy. You know, there's
1: a recent lottery winner, um... He won, I think, six hundred million dollars. And I think he I think he took a lump sum. So it's probably like three hundred and something million more or less. Um, he did buy a lot of expensive stuff though. He he bought multi-million dollar houses, uh, I think several of them, huge ones, you know, worth like I think 30, 40 million one, and then like a few million the other. And then I think he's buying like more than two properties. One was for his parents, so I understand that. Uh one was for himself, I understand that. Uh beyond that, I don't know if those are great investments, you know, having multi-million dollar homes. Um, and he's also bought like the fanciest cars and stuff like that. I mean, you hear about stories of these lottery winners running out of money so quickly, going broke, and it just it makes me think like this guy went from nothing to having all this money, and it's just it'll be so sad if he runs himself back into being broke. Like I'm cheering for this guy. I hope he doesn't fuck it up.
0: It is pretty nuts. Like how many lottery winners have gone poor again just because they have no idea how to manage money at all, and yeah. they just spend, spend, spend crazily. I mean, at least with like I guess the multi-million dollar houses, like he still can po- probably sell them you know later on for I
1: mean isn't isn't that hard to sell? Like for... I I always hear about basketball players who are getting traded or something they have a hard time selling their houses cuz these are there's less buyers for those kinds of houses, you know? Like the market is you don't have that many people who are willing to buy a 10-20 million dollar home. So I mean and you can't really it's not it's not easy to rent those out, I imagine, you know? Like I don't know, but I imagine the rent is a fortune too and that's still a smaller pool of people who who can rent those. So I don't know all the logistics and behind it, how the market supply and demand works for it, but I don't know. I feel like you're better off buying like million dollar homes, you know, like $500,000 to a million, maybe a couple million tops. Right. That's.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you buy those like $25 million homes, like you could probably sell it eventually, but I, I imagine it does take longer to sell a place yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, the pool of people that can actually buy something like that is, you know, relatively small.
1: And I, from what I understand, like with houses that big and that, that expensive, like there's a maintenance fee, like a yearly expense that you have to pay a fortune out of pocket to maintain that property. So, I mean, you know, he's also losing money there with several properties. So I don't know. It just, I hope he's investing some of that money. I hope he's getting a good return on investment that helps him even out this, these expenses. But, uh, yeah, man, I hope he's not just spending it all up front. That's nuts.
0: I can't feel so, too sorry for anyone who won like, you know, $300 million. <laughs>
1: that's true. That's true. But I'd feel sorry for them if they lost $300 million. <laughs> but there was one lottery winner. I, I think uh, I saw an interview or I don't know if it was like a an article or something. But they asked him like, what happened? He goes, hookers and blow. <laughs> no, I think there was one where a guy said he would spend it on hookers and blow if he won the lottery. But there's another guy who said he blew it all on cocaine and like hookers. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's almost like a before and after story of these these guys.
0: That's so much cocaine and
1: hookers, though. Man. I know.
0: Maybe he was getting like the really high end, the good stuff. Yeah, both high end cocaine and high end hookers.
1: Yeah, he's getting that China White.
0: <laughs> isn't there a isn't there like a um, a a model or a woman named China White? There might be.
1: <laughs> there probably is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: i want to say there was something like but i don't know um aj before we call it a a podcast should we do a story or two yeah sure okay aj uh
1: i'll I'll start with you first what do you got for us all right woman claims dripping urine in your eyes cures vision problems uh yeah it doesn't
0: I said, it doesn't, trust me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A Spanish woman sparked controversy after claiming that dripping urine into her eyes cured her myopia and astigmatism. Urine therapy or urotherapy is a form of alternative medicine popularized by British naturopath John W. Armstrong in the early 20th century. I'm thinking this guy just had a fetish. He's like, oh, this will, this will fix your eyes. <laughs> 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 uh, advocates of this unusual form of therapy promote the application of human urine for medicinal or cosmetic purposes, including massaging one's skin or gums with one's urine and even drinking it. Oh, so it's their own urine, I guess. Um, however, TikTok user and assistant metaphysical counselor, Swama Fra- Frail, uh, claims that urine is also much better at treating eye problems than the chemical-infused medicine prescribed by most doctors. The woman claims to have dripped urine into her eyes daily until it cured her astigmatism and myopia. What made you? What do you think made her try this? Like she's like, urine's the the way to go. I don't. I don't know, but
0: I'm like. I think I have an astigmatism. And I, uh, I'm like, you know, what, I'll just keep it. I don't. I don't need to. Uh, <laughs> even even if this urine therapy worked, I'd be like, ah, I'm
1: good. I'll take my chance. Yeah, I'll later. take. I'll take my chances. In a TikTok video during doing the rounds on social media, Swama frail cl- explains that urine dro- urine drops uh, work better than controversial drugs since the latter are chemicals that can do more harm than good. To provide the effect effectiveness of urine as a cure for poor vision, the woman details her personal experience. I'll tell you my experience. Pouring urine into my eyes in the morning and at night cured me of astigmatism and myopia. She claims this is natural. Forget about drugs; they are chemicals, and this effect and that affects health. Swama claims that for urine therapy to have an effect. Urine drops must be applied daily in the morning and in the evening. She also mentioned that she uses enhanced urine at night, which probably means concentrated urine. What was the other urine? Diluted water, I guess.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like <laughs> now they're getting all technical with it. Oh, I got my concentrated urine, Isn't and I got my, stuff right here? <laughs> I got my, I guess, watered
1: down urine. As you can imagine, the video received a lot of criticism online, which, of most of which I admit, was warranted. It's one thing to promote urine therapy to rub urine on your body, hoping to get some kind of benefits uh, out of it, but to encourage people to put it in their eyes, it's also another thing entirely. It's also another thing entirely. I'm no doctor, but that seems wrong on so many levels. There is currently no scientific evidence to support the beneficial health benefits of urine therapy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you know,
0: it's it's funny. I watched uh, your mom's health with uh, Tom Segura like quite a bit and they watch a lot of like TikTok videos and stuff on there. And there's this whole lane of people that believe in urine therapy. They show on there and they're drinking their own piss and stuff. And basically every legitimate doctor who's ever like been asked about this, I think basically says, no, this, this is not good for you. But these people just are convinced that it is. And they even had this one guy on there that, um, Believes that not only u- his urine was good for him, but his semen. So he actually mixed together his semen and his urine and was drinking that. Ugh. He took a swig and he was like, ooh, that's potent. I'm like, yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Even if it's from my own body, like, I I don't want, no- I want nothing to do with that stuff. It's disgusting, man.
0: <laughs> you know what's crazy yeah. is, like, I drink a lot of water and, like, so, like, when I take a piss, like, it's, you know, it comes out clear. Mm-hmm. But, like, that first piss you, you take in the morning, at least for me, it's always looks ter- like, like you're dehydrated. Like, it always comes out, like, yellow, you know? It's like...
1: <laughs> okay, know. so here's the question. Do you drink a lot of water before bed, or when you're asleep, do you end up waking up thirsty drinking water?
0: I never drink water in the middle of the night, but, like, I'm drinking water all the way up until I go to bed.
1: So I, I end up waking up, like, two, three times a night because I'm thirsty. Like, my mouth is dry. Like, I'm I just need water. So I have a water bottle by my bed, and I, I'm constantly drink. I finish the whole bottle during the night, like a big bottle. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that's not me. Bit. Yeah. So I wake up feeling fine in that sense. But, uh, man, it sucks to get so thirsty at night. I don't know why I do it. I drink a lot of water throughout the day.
0: Yeah, I drink a lot of water throughout the day. But, like, yeah, I, I don't, like, keep water by my bed. I don't drink, like, in the middle of the night or anything like that. Mm. Um, Let's see what we got here. Oh, I just saw this headline today, uh, So, and it sounded interesting, so let's see here. Texas man in kilt arrested for sticking valuable antiques up his butt.
1: Oh, smart guy.
0: <laughs> Usually when things that? end up in people's behinds, they try to act like they have no idea how it happened. Uh, uh, <laughs> take, for example, the man who, quote, slipped and fell on a World War II-era artillery shell, which was uh, actually a story we covered, like... <laughs> If you go back on our feed, you can find that
1: he was—he just happened to be lubed up. That's all it was. He fell.
0: (laughs) You know what though? I wish people would go back. I I was disappointed because my thumbnail for that video is great. It's like this (laughs) huge artillery shell, like (laughs) pointed at this old man's ass. I was like, this is a great uh, thumbnail. And like, hardly anybody watched that video. I was like, come on, that was a a plus thumbnail. (laughs) Um, It says the fellow from our story, however, had no qualms whatsoever about sticking stuff where the sun don't shine. Police in Texas recently arrested Mitchell Vest after multiple reports were uh, from worried citizens. According to the reports, Vest was going around local antique shops dressed in a kilt. He wasn't there to shop, though. The report said, and security camera footage confirms it, that Vest was picking items off the shelf and placing them under his kilt. More specifically, he was shoving them up his anus... And then he put them back on the shelf as as the antique dealers, who fortunately saw what Vest was up to, had to dispose of the soiled merchandise. The police obtained a warrant for Vest arrest. All's well that ends well, right? Not necessarily. One shop owner said he had seen Vest in the shop before. Uh, Wonder what he was doing during those visits. Um, According to a statement from the Harris County Constable Precinct 4 office, the cops received reports from multiple concerned citizens about the behavior of a certain man on February 15th. We can only imagine the furrowed brows and confused looks as the officers began reviewing what was happening. According to a probable cause affidavit required by law and crime, the man, later identified his 60-year-old vest, went around two antique shops in Spring, Texas on February 10th. Uh, the stores in question are the Antique Gallery of Houston and the Curiosity Shop. The The antique gallery's owner, Susan Golden, told the cops that she had noticed the man behaving strangely, but she couldn't believe what he did with an old makeup brush and a further identified piece of hardware. For the unidentified piece of hardwood, uh, (laughs) (laughs) golden (laughs) state, uh, golden stated that the vest, uh, the vest proceeded to place the items under his kilt and shove both items up his anus, then return them to the shelf. Quote, I was they weren't right for him, (laughs) not a good fit. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta test before you buy.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, Quote, I was really in shock. I just didn't know what to say or think, Golden told KPRC2. Uh, Put together, the item's vest damage cost $130. However, uh, deeming that they uh, couldn't be sold anymore, Golden had to dispose of them. The police also received security footage from the Curiosity Shop recorded on the same day. The video also shows Vest entering the store and uh, making physical contact with two pieces of merchandise. This time, a bottle opener and a tobacco Ooh. tent uh, can, valued at a comb- combined $74, uh, ended up making unplanned visits into vest rectum. The man put these items back on the shelf as well. Both complainants advised they had to throw away the items that were used in this incident due to feces being on them.
1: Oh, <laughs> he didn't clean out his butt.
0: <laughs> the affidavit reads according to law and crime. Uh, Having the same man on surveillance footage from both stores helped the cops positively identify him as Vest. Since the owners of both stores had stated they wanted to press charges, the officers decided to pay Vest a visit. (laughs) Due to the loss of multiple antique items that had to be disposed, constable deputies obtained a warrant for the arrest uh, for the offense of criminal mischief, the constable precinct office said. (laughs) I like that it's called criminal mischief. Uh, Vest was booked into Harris County Jail. However, he was released later after paying a hundred dollar bail. According to media reports, oh, it does seem cheap. It wasn't clear when Vest was scheduled to appear in court. Although the man has been caught, there's one concerning element left in the story. No, it's not the risk of Vest repeating his anal escapades. It's a chance that what he's uh, that he has done them before without anyone realizing it. According to Golden from the antique gallery, she's definitely believes she has personally seen Vest in the store before. Additionally, she claims the store's employees have uh, certainly seen him and that he spent hours shopping in the store. Was he shopping or was he slipping another item under his kilt? If so, how many and have they been sold to other people since? We may
1: never know. Oh, my God. (laughs) His shit's traveling. It's traveling.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, some antique people, they do like a little bit of like patina on the old stuff. (laughs) 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 So, So maybe it was a selling point for some
1: things. How's he doing this without lube? Like maybe he is lubing them. up. I don't know. That's
0: yeah. I guess he could go in pre-lubed, possibly. Yeah.
1: No, um, because th- look, okay, when you when you take a shit, like your ball clinches clenches up quickly. Like it doesn't just like stay open for a while. <laughs> so, I mean, he must have to reopen that thing, and like, I don't. This I strikes don't me think... of a guy who maybe doesn't like lube, who who maybe likes to go in raw. That's that's what it sounds like. Yeah. I think he likes to challenge and judging by some of the items he was putting up there, I think he definitely challenged himself.
0: (laughs) I do wonder, though, after this guy was arrested, if like the antique store, like (laughs) the the manager of the antique store is probably like, "Okay, guys, go around and sniff every object.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like if there's a way to like test for fecal matter, that's like maybe light based or something like UV light or something. I don't know. Like. I'd, I'd definitely apply that tactic. That, it'd be yeah. it'd be
0: funny if there were if there was a thing like that, and they did that, and like every item glowed.
1: <laughs> He's been at source several times, so it's very possible.
0: He's like this guy's been at it for years. He put everything in his ass.
1: Put the vase in his ass. How'd he do it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, you, here- you know anything that you can imagine happening has happened i imagine like that's what i think anything that you can't with people anything that they could have done they've done at some point in history
0: man i was just listening to a podcast today and it's a it's a comedy podcast but uh the guy will occasionally do stories kind of like the ones we do and he just Mm -hmm. did one today where a guy you know like the flat type of like watch type batteries Mm -hmm. the guy put a bunch of them in his urethra like in his penis and it basically caused like his his penis tissue to go like necrotic and like it be like he said he had like um tar-like discharges
1: <laughs> I might have covered the story on the podcast I'm not sure oh, but
0: possibly it sounds like it's something we see uh...
1: like the logic was he trying to destroy his penis like was that the thing
0: well apparently there's this whole lane of guys who like to do this thing called sounding which is like putting things in your penis. And I just, I don't know how that could possibly appeal to anybody.
1: It's a sexual
0: thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know why else they would do it.
1: There's so many things I don't understand about people. Like, even, yeah, like, even anal. Like, I don't understand that, to be honest. And that's, like, a pretty common form of, you know, sexuality and stuff. But uh, shoving things up your penis, like, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, as a guy, I just, ugh. This sounds so but you know what ten years from now that's gonna be the big fad that's gonna be the thing that everybody... right now it's eating ass which is nuts to me what the fuck like oh <laughs> but according to all my intros for you you're into it. <laughs> <laughs> but like would you would you ever was that on the menu for you at all like sexually like if a if a 10 asked you to do that you know here's the thing I would need certain assurances going in. And if
0: any of those were violated, I think we'd have to just break up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Like, I I guess, uh, you know, it is my, it
0: is my duty to please that booty, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, I am very poo averse. So like, man, she would have to be super hot. And there would, like I said, there would have to be certain ironclad assurances made.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah um i
0: i will say though it is surprising how that is like taken off
1: as as a thing that is nuts but i'm telling you it's going to be something in in 10 years from now it's going to be sounding it's going to be that
0: i don't know i have a hard time thinking that's that one's gonna uh (laughs) take off i think
1: i think that's a very niche thing uh, these young people like to push that line further. You know what they were doing like 50 years ago? It was all missionary sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back then,
0: it, like um, like doggy style was probably like the ass-eating. The devil's tactics. <laughs> or <something>. Right, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have to look at each other and be bored as fuck. <laughs> That's what they did. And I Love Lucy, they had separate beds back then, like in the early I guess they were depicting like the '40s or something.
0: Well, I I don't think I don't think in real life like it was common for married couples to sleep in separate beds. It just standards and practices on television shows were so bad back then. Oh, they shit. they didn't even want to hint at the fact that people had sex. So yeah. they they would have married couples sleeping in opposite, you know separate beds. Um, but I actually don't think that was a common practice in in, in real life.
1: Yeah, you don't want to think of a married couple having sex. That'd be insane. Especially when they have kids.
0: Right. It, <laughs> yeah, they don't have kids on the show, but it'd be like, oh, we don't want to allude to that. Yeah. Um, you no, know, there are certain people though,
1: married couples that
0: do sleep in separate beds just because they sleep better that way.
1: Yeah. So I, assume, I, I get that. But yeah. you know, yeah, it's a different when it's a cultural thing. Like I guess it wasn't, but that's nuts if it was.
0: Yeah, I think I think it was just standards and practices back then were insane. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to acknowledge that sex was a thing or you know, even hint at it that it could be, you
1: know. When I've been in relationships, like I've shared like a king size bed and like you start out spooning, but at some point you want to get to your own side and actually cu- enjoy your sleep, you yeah, know. So yeah. yeah,
0: I assume most couples are like that. Like I, I doubt most couples like spoon like all night or anything. All night, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, AJ, I think that'll do it for today's show. I feel like this was a weird podcast, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it just kind of went a little bit everywhere. But uh, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, If you guys will, please subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, and uh, uh, in audio form on your podcast catcher of choice. You can leave us thumbs up, positive reviews all that good stuff uh if you like you can follow me over on twitter slash x at zach jones live that's (laughs) z-a-c-h-j-o-n-e-s-l-i-v-e aj i keep for whatever reason i keep getting bot follows on uh on on twitter i think uh it's got to be an elon musk thing i don't know i never got robot uh followers like this before but if you want to be a real life follower of me uh Feel free. The boost, you know, makes it makes um, yeah. me more credible. That's so, true. Yeah. It looks me. It makes me look a little more credible. I got all these uh, sure. robot followers. Uh, uh, anyway, I think that will do it for all of our shenanigans of Poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.